Welcome to the Chicago Beef League podcast. Uh, it is Tuesday night, I think. And my name is Chip Streif. The 14th of September. <laughs> and I am joined, I think, after <laughs> the Tuesday night and not after your name. It's like me when I, back in high school and college and actually probably up until this day, me just appending basically at the end of any type of statement I had. Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> basically. basically. Uh, how are you uh, doing? Yeah, I'm joined by Alex. How, how are you doing? Good, man. The uh, I, I did like how the basically evolved into more or less at some point, <laughs> which uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, um, yep, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, more or less, more or less. So uh, yeah, every, everything in Seattle's fine. Um, and <laughs> let's, I think, let's just let's just jump right in. So we, we, we have a, a pretty- full. We have a full, uh, yeah. Sorry, you know, just overview what kind of what we're getting into. Yeah, I just we had a crazy last week of the season here, um, and we are into the first round, uh, or I'm sorry, into the second round of the Beef League playoffs. Um, so we'll we'll do a recap of that, and um, then we're gonna have some other topics to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will we'll, we'll leave we'll we'll surprise the audience uh, of those um topics as they uh, as, as we get to them. I I promise you all it both of them are very different than the topic of today which is this most special pro- uh, topic which is our matchup. But I think it's irrelevant and hopefully uh, it'll pique some questions and get you all thinking because uh I do find that the last topic is incredibly important and i need feedback and input on how to fix this problem in my life so um with that being said let's get into last week let's get into last week man uh so last week we had the first round of beef league playoffs hold on hold on you i think i think we need to i think we i'm gonna say this on behalf of the entire league the entire league. So all 11 of us, you are a whiny little bitch. Okay. For everything that you did last week, from the moment the week started to the end, I just had to say that. All right. So I do just want to point out one thing. My last week of the regular season, I lost to Autovish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost to Low. I lost to Autovish the week before. I forget. <laughs> I forget how it worked, but it, it was, it was you were bad. You were bad. You're... I had four home runs total that week. Four. <laughs> I didn't have a home run until Thursday of that week. Okay? And I finished the week with four. So when going into the first round of the playoffs, I when Ken's team hit five home runs on the first day, <laughs> forgive me. For thinking that, yeah, you know what? I'm probably not going to win that category again this week. So and you turned it around. I mean, this not is the thing. really, yes, not really. Your, it was your not, offense did. Your offense did. It's essentially, we, your offense did nothing for Monday through Wednesday. Zeros, like essentially zeros, and then went off. We that part. It was it, between between the Mexicans and Brute Squad. We did not put up neither one of us put up playoff caliber numbers last week. Uh, I think we both had an ERA over six. If not, it was close to six. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Uh, 
we had a whip battle at like 1.5. True. Ken, yes. Ken crushed me in home runs and I won stolen bases. That's basically the difference. Uh, it, but it did, it did come down to the last game of the week. So it was exciting. Ken had uh, Cookie Carrasco going for the Mets and uh, Joy Gallo and I'm like uh, Pete Alonso, Polar Bear. And mm-hmm. I had DJ La Machine uh, who helped me out. So it's about time because he's been terrible this season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brute Squad somehow miraculously against all odds came back and won last week. And now Bruce Squad is playing against uh, Bernie Willa, who is the heavy favorite going into this. I like how you put it as heavy favorite. And I do want to dwell on on a moment. And I think we'll do hindsighting at some point in sure, the offseason. You yourself have said that you're going to win in three different text chains have said you're going to win nine to one. Yeah, it's called swagger and it's called confidence. And uh, no, it's not. It's called, you know, this is like slim pickings here with my team. <laughs> what I was going to point out is that, you know, uh, this, this is just an observation that I've been it's faulty for the record. Um, I've been, <laughs> just, I'm going to throw that out as a disclaimer, but, uh, if I had lost, like, so I don't, if I had lost one Soto, I don't know if I'd be in anywhere near the position I'm in right now. Whereas you lost Acuna and, uh, Jay lost like a Bellinger and you could say Beaver too. Like it, it, every team seemingly has had some sort of like, I'm going to just quote, put a, the word ailment and just a player being hurt or, or just awful. John having Yelich, like just he's essentially worthless all and, year. And right? Lindor, who has been worthless except for the last week. <laughs> no, that one game uh, where he hit three home runs. But but you, you see, I think Chen has lost Trout for most of the year, right? Yes. And, and DeGrom, I mean, hit here and there has like been worthless or great. And, and Tatis. And Tatis in, in spots. I mean, Tatis is honestly still played most of the year. Um, the other two have not. Anyway, what I'm kind of getting at is uh, everyone's kind of faced a lot of adversity, including you, uh, where your team at the beginning of the year, or at least at the end of April, was on fire. And now it is sputtering. It is not quite the way you had hoped. We have and, and reserve spots. Mm-hmm. And I you, believe... Mm-hmm. All eight, uh, seven of my eight reserve spots are people on the IL, and I have three. Um, my my three injury spots are full of people on the IL. Mm-hmm. My team is crippled. <laughs> no offense to anyone who is in, is crippled or injured, but yes, uh, you have a lot of injured list players. Anyway, my point is just I I've been very fortunate of uh, probably. If I had a, if we had a grading system of injuries, I think I'd probably get a, the highest rating. Just and that's pure luck, honestly. Um, you have you've felt with dealt with a lot more adversity in that in that sense, and and yet you're here in the the semifinal. And honestly, that first day you were conce- you were trying to make a concession to a certain extent, and your team has already kind of come, come close. And I wouldn't be surprised if by tomorrow you're taking the lead. Oh my god! See, this is people just cannot trust this observation on your end. But okay, uh, sure. What? 
Keep keep telling yourself that. Now that you have to walk back your nine to one sweep because oh, you know that is complete. Lucas, Lucas Giolito didn't make it through four innings. Then you know that's anyway. It's it's. I would be very grateful if my team had a chance at something come Sunday. You already I, I have- genuinely. I genuinely don't think it's it's that possible because my team has been that bad. This I, you have to think about like like I said last week wouldn't I probably would have had an o eleven breakdown or a one in ten breakdown. Okay. Oh. And ooh, all right. You ready and, for it? You ready? Uh, I I I did a little research about this because I was under the impression that you guys were the worst teams ever. Um, and uh. You you kind of were to be, to a certain extent. Um, I actually was looking at this the other day. Crap, hold on, hold on, bear with me. You know, this is week is period twenty three. Um, and I think I, I mentioned something in the chat, uh, in our in our signal thread, of yeah. So like, <laughs> Josh, for example, he put up a two oh five ERA at seventy innings, just dominant. Dominant. T, uh, Sunil put up a 169 ERA, 48, 48 innings, which is actually pretty closer to the norm. Josh had a jillion starts, it seems, um, or successful starts, I should say. Um, yeah. And I, I think I mentioned that my the, just if you go through the team totals, fantasy st- uh, score, uh, stats on on CBS, you can see the the totals of the stats for each of the teams of last week, and. One of the other things that I was in preparation for this week playing you was the big question of do I activate a player for two starts or not? I was I've always been under the impression that you always activate a, a pitcher for two starts, and lo and behold, your I think everyone who did that it backfired, um, <laughs> like either yeah. the Sunday or Saturday starts or the the initial starts on Monday Tuesday, uh, you just screwed yourself over um and so everyone well, like john john was the only one who kind of like sp- got spared last week um he had a 333 era um and i don't believe he had d- two starts but you chen and ken all did the like the max starts and your all your max starts just blew up in your face yes well i also think it's important for me to just mention the fact that I don't have a lot of options. I mean, here's the reality. Okay. You have you Darvish to start week and he's been terrible. I'm fairly confident he's pitching injured Mm -hmm. uh, that, that he's never, he didn't get over his injury when they, he was out in uh, August or maybe it was late July, whatever. He has been so bad. And, but you're left with, okay, to start you Darvish or I'm going to pick up one of these crap guys like Punky Brewster, the guy that was pitching today for <laughs> the Angels. I, I am amazed and I'm so grateful that Lucas Giolito wasted so many pitches in the first four innings that he couldn't even make it to the fifth inning for a win. He didn't. He got yanked at 87 pitches. What the f- ever lying? 87 pitches. Tony, but boom, boom. Four, four, a, he just was activated off the IL and that was through four innings to a terrible team. There's one guy that can hit the ball on that team and that's Shohei Otani. The rest of those guys, maybe Jared Walsh, but the point is he, he was run. going up against, 
he was going against Punky Brewster, and <laughs> it's just it, it, like we're at the point of the season where there are so many teams that aren't in contention. That I, I was watching the, uh, or, sorry, not watching, but listening to Justin Morneau and the do the Twins game, and the number of times that he brought up the fact that like, oh, this Gantt guy was the, you know, or the, they traded. I'm sorry, like Lewis Jill was on the Yankees starting, and they traded. They got Jake Cave for him or whatever that guy's name is. Yep. Yeah. Like none of these pitchers are good. There's no one I could have put in those spots that would have been any that, that would have had could have had a higher chance of pro- probability of success than you Darvish, is my point, I guess. It's still well, more totally likely do. that you Darvish will throw a gem than it is that Punky Brewster is gonna go in and last more than two innings against the White Sox. Or, you know what I mean? So it's just Totally. And you're not like going to do anything about Garrett Cole who has two stars this week, right? Like he's Garrett Cole. You, I guess it's like, you know, it's, I'm at the dance now. I'm going to, I'm going to dance with the one that I brought the girl that I brought the dance. I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I, and and some people have had success. Like low had success switching, starting pitchers out, just looking at matchups. I don't know what he was looking at, but towards the end of the season, he was doing really well with that. I just, I do not trust myself with that. And I, anyway, so no 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 you're I, I it's anyway I, I mentioned this point but I think that the the true point is that there's literally no starting pitching I had to pick up Eric Lau or Lauer um and activate Tony Gonsolin I I don't want to start Tanner Hulk but I have to um because all my other options are worse matchups and or just terrible pitchers I mean right <laughs> <laughs> exactly terrible yeah. pitchers I mean yes yes Chris Paddock has an arm but he got put on the DL literally yesterday or or this morning Drew Smiley got demoted from the starting rotation um that's what we're facing and the Chris Sale like was on the IL and uh they just announced after the roster's locked that he's going to be pitching Friday like it is just chaos there's nothing yeah. out there. Uh, no. and the pitchers that are available are just dog poop, uh, unfortunately. Um, and, so and, starting and pitching is teams, really tenuous. Yeah, and to the, to the teams that are kind of, I mean, there aren't that many teams that have locked spots, but I know, for example, like the Sox are going to be very cautious with every single starter they have the rest of the year because they don't need, you know, they, they, they'd yeah, love to move up and get home some home field advantage, but they're not going to push these guys uh, and they're going to bring up like Jimmy Lambert and there's just no upside in starting Jimmy Lambert. <laughs> there's no none. He's not going to strike anybody out and there's a very good chance he's going to get shelled. So <laughs> like, it's good just, God. you know, and that's just an example, but th- that's what it kind of looks like when, you know, at least to me, when I was looking at my, my options, I was like, no, I'm going to go with the ones that I'm, you know, brought to the dance. And, uh, I did make some relief pitching moves to see, you know, I looked at who was, who was doing well here more recently and some matchups, uh, to try to get some, to get some holds here. Mm-hmm. But that, of course that hasn't worked. Yeah. That, that game has been dicey at best. I don't know. I like, I saw you picked up Nick Anderson and, Kudos to you if you think you can, if you, if that's worth the risk. I, 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 it was terrifying, to be honest, to me. Just looking at him and going like, is he all that better than Hector Neris? I don't really know. Uh, but Hector Neris isn't available. No, I have, as in I already have him. Would I drop Hector Neris or would oh, I drop gotcha, Seb gotcha, Seawolf? Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I think I probably have better, better. Now, it's all the same. 
It's just it's just well, a random Seawald, roll the by dice. The way, I just want to point out that Seawald gave up back to back homers to Xander Bogarts and, and, and got the Devers. And he got a hold. Yeah, so you got two home runs, a hold out of what was clearly collusion. Um yeah. Good luck. Good luck. But yes, okay, collusion too. Um yeah, and by the way, Tony Gonsolin is right now through five innings. He's having his best start of the year. I'm going to just, he's, nope, they gave up a run. Or anyway, he's given up a run. Uh, I imagine that he's at 67 pitches. They're probably going to pull him soon. What the hell? What the actual L? Anyhow. Yes. So in the other matchup this week, we had, so last week in the, the wild card matchup, we had Jay go up against Chen. And uh, Chen won. So the, the Crips have, have moved on and they are facing the number one seed in the playoffs, the Kamish and his Cambodian flying Canucks. So I, I think, if anything, so had Ken won, mm-hmm. John would be playing Ken instead of Chen, and you'd be going up against Chen. Yes. Which I think is a much more difficult matchup because Chen's team has <laughs> been pretty strong of late. So. No, you know what? The, the, the thing is, I mean, you're, you've had recent like uh, offensive turn down. I'll just leave it at that. But the two of you, like your starting pitching is just dreadful, both of you. I don't know. I don't know why. John's, uh, John's is the terrifying uh, starting r- rotation. Um, but both of you have like good offenses. You're just in a rough patch right now, which is why you're terrifying to me. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to overpower you with my confidence that my teams can just destroy you, which is not at all true at all. Well, uh, the bones have spoken. The bones predicted an upset here, so just they know. did. Did they? Yeah, I did said you, that to everybody. Remember, I played Phil. Did Collins you win any money in that in that with the bones? Yes, five dollars. I sent the <laughs> Phil Collins playing in the background. <laughs> Doing a close-up of Jose Ramirez and uh, Yasmani Grandal. You didn't watch that, obviously. Uh, no, I usually just disregard most of your messages. Anyway, the, the point being, your your offense is is gonna come alive. I think it's it's kind of in a weird holding pattern. It's gonna like erupt, and it's gonna be like sixteen home runs over four days, and it's just it's gonna be annoying. And I'm gonna say I told you so. So I'm just wait. I'm hoping that that just I'm just pushing that that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that Juan Uribe 2.0 actually gets a hit here. Uh, he's been like Oprah's last 30, which is not helpful when my best player and my only home run hitter has been terrible. Imagine if you didn't trade for him. Imagine. I would have Tyler Malley throwing no hitters out here. <laughs> okay. And I have a draft pick next year. What do so, you think his batting average is? Jose Ooh. Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Uh, 265. Ooh, okay. 255. Close. Okay. I'll give you credit for that. Well, so it was 265, and he's been over 30 his last 30 at bats. No, that it's going to go lower. It's going to go like 253 as a result of this one for six outing today. Anyway. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's Andy, not no. he's not been doing well recently, which is not helpful. So, uh, and of course, it, it's well. I should say it is helpful for the White Sox. So there's there's some win in it for me. How but, so that 
They haven't the White Sox clinched the division? No. Uh, I think it's after tonight, it's seven is the, the, the number to clinch. Really? Seven Jesus. wins or seven, any combination of seven White Sox wins or seven Cleveland losses. Oh, it's because the White okay. Sox play the last seven games against Cleveland. Ooh. So that can flip. <laughs> that, that can, so as a true that, White that Sox fan, a, a you are not rooting. Lead. So just like a true White Sox fan, I am not saying this week's over on Tuesday. This is going to be a dogfight, I think, throughout the weekend. And since, oh, so what, what, what I'm bearing is uh, Kate is uh, leaving to go to Denver this weekend to visit a friend. So I'm home alone with the kids. Yeah, this is this is this is going to be a a true test of character <laughs> to to manage my emotions of the weekend with everything going on plus the kids and the house not going up in flames. <laughs> That's going to be part of me. Just feels like what you're going to end up doing is locking yourself in the basement and making beer and watching baseball and just telling the kids like do whatever you want. Just leave me alone. I mean, that's my emotional state. Yes. Uh, but that's not going to happen. No, I, I, already, I, yeah, I just, I can't fathom doing all that. That's just more stress. I'm making wine. I I'm, I'm preoccupied making my making wine right now. So anywho. So, right, so, so our matchup will be interesting. It will be fun. I'm definitely going to be sending all sorts of stuff and being a whiny little bee uh, all week. <laughs> With uh, do, do you have a prediction on the the commission versus Chen? Um, what do I want or what I predict? Both. Uh, what I want is Chen to win, uh, and what I expect to win is John winning seven three. Oh wow, you're gonna put numbers on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you. Okay. What do you what do you predict? I don't predict I don't presume to know things, Chip. I know. Uh, I know that. I, I'm at the stage in my beef league season where I don't want to say anything that may upset the karmic gods. Uh, so I abstain. See, I just accept that the karmic gods are against me, so it doesn't matter what I say. You you are of that mindset, but aren't you? Come on. No. I'm very superstitious. <laughs> Are you kidding? I do scratch tickets to determine whether or not I'm going to win the outcome of a week. You know, I would. I, my obvious first question is, "Are you religious?" And then I go like, Psh, "Who knows?" <laughs> you know, hey, if if somehow the brute squad can pull out a championship this year, you I, I might God. just I might just find God. You know. Uh, it's it would take it would take something pretty close to that for me to <laughs> no. I'm, uh, in any case, I, I think it'll be it's fun. We're at that time of year where there are only a few teams remaining. We can say goodbye to some of our favorites, Sunny Six K, for example. Mm, mm. Does he get a funeral pyre this year? No, <laughs> I, I do. I do want to take a chance. A uh, chance. Excuse me. I do want to take a moment you after all this talk and in particular after all of my negativity about my own team last week and my mm-hmm. genuine certainty that i had no chance uh, I, I do want to congratulate ken 
for making his first playoffs in the youth league. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty cool. So, Ken, way to do it this year, man. Um, and, can I, and can I been, interject and, been... and just add a little bit more uh, something juge to this? Uh, in that not only is, is it's his first playoff appearance, which is fantastic, um, and not to mention, I think he gave you, I mean, any given Sunday, he honestly would have beaten you. I mean, it's really, it was really close. Anyway, um, that's one thing. But the second thing is that Lowe entered the, the league at the same point and uh, did not fare well again. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about this in offseason, but I, I, maybe maybe we uh, are giving a little too much optimism to Lowe's team. Uh, I'm I'm a little concerned by the, the lack of hustle. Interesting. Uh, mm. I'm not going to say anything because his team beat me the last week of the season <laughs> to keep me from having any shot at getting number one seed. Had I all I had to do was beat him, and I would have had the number one seed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that uh, that is a good point in your in your in that favor. Um, but oh no, he... that's not, that might not that might not even be true actually. But in either case, <laughs> wait. Yeah. Lowe's team was, right not, no? was not good um, this 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 year. Just a full stop. Just, I mean, let's look at, take a look at the overall standings. How we ended up. Um, Lowe's team finished seven and fifteen um, with that win against you in the second to last week of the season, or whatever it was. Unbelievable. Keep bringing it up. Why don't you? <laughs> and I believe you mentioned something at the beginning of the season that. Low has a winning record against me, and which we we've already mentioned that is not true whatsoever. It is true. I'm pretty sure he's like eight and two against you in no, five years. And, and I'll, let's just remind everyone that I beat Low seven to three and eight to two in my the, re, the second match. It okay, wasn't so you won twice close. against him. We've beat him twice. That's awesome. I believe I've never lost to him. I maybe I've lost him once in four years, or has it been four years? I believe it has something like that. Uh, whereas you lost to him and then, uh, you lost him at the end of the season, five, uh, five and a half, four and a half. And then you, and you beat him early in the year, nine and a one, nine to one. So, which should tell you a little bit about my team's performance at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, uh, where I did pretty well. I, so interestingly, I still to this, to, through the season, Never lost more than six four this year. Yeah, there's always a first. It's gonna be this week. Um. <laughs> it, it might, well, no, that's. I mean, so it could be, and that's. It's my point is just that that's for me. Like not having any blowouts is uh, at least I was competitive every week, which was just made it so much more dramatic for everybody that I was up against in any given week. <laughs> no, um, I mean if. if let, let me just dwell on Lowe's team for just a moment because it uh, it was it's an interesting year uh, in that he lost a lot of weeks. But the bigger thing is that uh, he had a, like a long stretch of what week eight to one week like I don't even know like fourteen or something or fifteen or sixteen where he lost like a week every every week and went from like four and four to like four and eleven or four and twelve, um, but. He did play Sunil and tied, 
it was a gap situation. Uh, John, it was a, t- a tie gap situation, and he beat uh, Z, you know, in week 20, six to four. He beat you, and then he lost it to, to Josh because J- Josh's team is a juggernaut when uh, after the fact. Um, right, right. <laughs> so I, maybe I should give Lowe some credit, but anyway, Lowe, you were seven to 15. Um, I think so. Here's the thing that, that you might be forgetting. We, I'm pretty sure we had a pod, and maybe he was on that week when he had pretty much everyone on his team was injured. He lost Lewis Roberts, true, Jazz true. Chisholm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I for, like I forget who he lost everybody. So th- there there was talk where at one point you know could he make the playoffs? Could he make a run here? And suddenly mm-hmm. he was hit. He was the first one. Window really sales hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was hit really hard with the, the the injuries. So just in watching Lewis Roberts since he's been back, you know, it's one of those things where if he plays the whole year, whole season, you know, is he a top ten player? I don't. I don't know. It's he. So he still doesn't know how to take a walk, which right should be a huge turnoff at the same time his teammate tim anderson does know how to take a walk he just wins batting titles so and and roberts hit the ball harder right so theoretically his his babbit might be higher he might he, hitting the ball harder might help him um because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. anyway. tim's faster potentially I'm just, I, I'm not saying that he's going to be he's going to hit 300 over season, but I could see him doing pretty well. And I, and I don't know how, if he's going to steal as often. Uh, I, I do want to point out to Josh because I know Josh may be listening to this. Probably not. Probably not. In today today's game, uh, Elroy Jimenez went up and robbed a fly ball, and they showed a replay of it, and he collapsed afterwards. Obviously. <laughs> They showed a replay of it. He got his cleat stuck in the fence. Okay. <laughs> stuck his arm over the fence, landed like an idiot. And everyone in the bullpen was right behind. They were sitting right behind where he landed. And they were all like mouths open. Like, Oh my God, he did it again. And apparently he, as he was laying down, he had his head back to the bullpen. And he was talking and start got up and started laughing. And I just like, and then of course he ran off the field laughing. It's kind of like, dude, you can't, like no you should not be in the field it's not funny it's not funny that we might have lost you for the playoff stretch because you nearly killed yourself trying to rob a home run okay time out a couple things to unpack there one who puts him in the outfield tony the boom boom yeah well okay let's start with the criticism there because it seems like he has not learned that lesson and if you're gonna direct any anger no, I, I'm with you. I think it should be. I think it should be management that goes and just says like, "Nope, we signed you long term, dude. You are you're never DH. playing. You're, DH. you're never playing the field again." And I said that before the season started, where it's got to be management Noted. that tells them. Uh, anyway, that yeah, it's got to be. Not to mention that being said, uh, can't you let a person have a little fun? Does is everything money and 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 the White Sox winning a championship is all that matters to you? Can't he be a human and have have some sort of enjoyment? What? <laughs> like I'm not the fair enough. Fair buddy. enough. 
it seems so, like you are that the fun. If you, okay, can no, I just to answer one, your first question? Okay. To answer your first question, uh, can't, is, is it only about White Sox money and winning? I don't really care about money because they're cheap anyway. But with respect to winning, yes, it's about winning. And if he's going to hurt himself in the field every other week, then yes, you play him at DH because you need his bat in the lineup. It's about winning. He's going to have fun regardless. He's just like, there was a 50-50 chance he was going to get up laughing and or crying. And anytime a ball is hit to him, it's that same chance. And to me, as a fan, much less as an owner or a general manager of a team, that's too high a risk to stick him out there. I'm sorry. Okay. You're a heartless human being, but okay. Go ahead um, and put smoke sheets out there instead. Or, you know, for the record, he hasn't been. Okay. Look, okay. The, the thing that I wanted to elevate, and this is the last thing on the White Sox, and we'll get back to our script. Uh, do we have a script? No, we don't have a script. That's a terrible idea. We would never adhere to a script. Um, is the fact that Eloy's in the second half, I mean, honestly, just since he's come back, he's been batting 259, 313, 463, and he ate a 775 OPS. He hasn't been all that good. He's been fine. But if he's your DH, he's on your bench to a certain extent. No. And then Robert, let me complete my, po my point here. Robert, though, on the other hand, has batted over 300, well over 300 for the record. He has been pretty dominant, um, yes. at least stat-wise. Um, and I imagine the eye test is also suggesting something very similar. Yes. Uh, 368, 398, 598. So, like, who gives a hoot if he's walking only 3% of the time? Right, that's what I'm Dude, saying. OPS is 1,000. Like, he's, he's hitting the ball really well, and don't need to walk. I mean, so, the pitchers haven't adjusted for to him. Um, or, or you're fortunate. He's adjusted, or he's adjusted his pitches, which is what, at least that's the theory that Steve Stone has. Um, True. Guess what, guess what Yasmani Grandal's OBP is since he came off the DL? I have, I have no idea. Thousand. Five, six, 567. Ooh, he's on your team. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so, no, I... I I understand what you're saying with respect to Elroy. The reality is, would you rather have Elroy uh, or L L Lurie Garcia playing? Um, I think I would have Eloy just because of potential, and That's, I would exactly. have Lurie as a, a defensive replacement. Exactly. If, so my, my point is, if he's playing DH and you're putting uh, Silk Sheets or Adam Vaughn Andrew Vaughn, excuse me, in the outfield, so be it. You put one of those guys in the outfield, it would be, if they weren't playing outfield, they would be DHing, is my point. Mm -hmm. So okay. why not just have them do, go in the field where they're less likely to get hurt because Eloy is like a kid in a tricycle trying to go down the wrong direction of traffic on a highway. Like, <laughs> and while he's doing it, he's like waving and smiling. It's really fun until he gets hit by a freaking semi. Have you, are you actually visualizing this? Like the uh, Eloy is a big dude. Um, him yes, riding a, tricycle, a wearing really his small, being, like completely unbuttoned, waving is like waving at everybody, being all like goofy and like you know probably like trying to do something with like Lewis Roberts, who's in the car, telling him to turn around and like or like get off the bicycle and he's being mm -hmm. hit by a car. 
so I'm I'm envisioning the uh, the Edens or um, or whatever with the express lanes and uh, him him actually just veering off and and going into the express lanes and doing this and waving and uh, it being a bloodbath. It yes, yeah. So um, I'm with if you. Eloy, if if Eloy doesn't have it in his contract that he's not allowed to ride motorcycles, I think it would be very wise for the White Sox to even if they had to pay him more money to to open up renegotiations to ensure that he never gets in a motorcycle. Yeah, it's not or, like we've ever or a horse. seen a, a, a you know a very high profile athlete do something like this, you know, in the city oh. of Chicago. Oh yeah, Chicago fans? No. No. <laughs> no, no, I've never seen this. <laughs> no. Uh anyway, okay, so moving on, moving away from that, I I have a general question for you. Ooh, okay. What is my war? What is your war? Your team's war? Nope. nope. Can you expand on this? No, I just want to see where you take it, but you're just <laughs> taking way too much time on this. I thought you'd just throw out a number, and that would have been great. No, but, I I mean, I was actually wonder, first wondering, do you have like a, a an enemy? Uh, or who have you declared war against? Um I think it's important to have an enemy because otherwise, what are you fighting for? Um, but you're thinking of the acronym wins above replacement and what's your Correct. team more. And I, I honestly can't fig- calculate that. At, no, uh, I don't want my, no, no, I don't want my team more. I just want my own personal war, your own personal war. Uh, what you've contributed, like a manager, what does a manager contribute? No, uh, my wins own, above replacement? It, it, it doesn't need to be limited to be fake. It could be my entire life, my whole, like, Obviously not my entire life. What is my war this year? Is my uh, uh, are you ready? Yeah. You you gave about a one. A one. You're a one. Wow. I thought Alaska would put me like that alone would be about one and a half, but apparently You were negative up until then. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so you redeemed uh, yourself. That that is that's all the time we have spent on that stupid question. It was more more much the joke. Uh, so, Chip, take it away. So, uh, well, th- that's a good segue. Really good segue. I can't I can't believe you did that. Um, so my my first topic of the uh, of this, I'm not going to go into any stats and all that kind of stuff, but more so more of the concept. And I was listening to a podcast and read a couple of articles on this. In how, um, and I went to a baseball. I went to a, a college kid baseball game, whatever you want to call it, like uh, like like Cape Cod, but up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and got a cool hat. And uh, it, we, anyway, the, the the idea is about like the minors. This year, the the minors underwent a lot of changes. Um, to start off, like the the owners contracted a, a ton of teams. Um. They, I mean, like for out here, we have Hill, the Hillsboro Hops, which used to be a Northwest League team, aka all the college um, draft picks would play summer league essentially there. Um, and so, like uh, Dansby Swanson and a number of other players had been had played there right after they got drafted from the the Diamondbacks and whatnot um, before he got traded. Anyway. Um, the miners this past year is they're, they're getting like just their the shit kicked out of them with a ton of changes. So they got a, a ton of teams eliminated. Um, 
meaning there's just fewer places for kids to play. So it's kind of the consequences seems to be that there's a lot of like 18 to, you know, 20 odd year old players who prospects who are uh, in the backfields getting development in the complex leagues, whatever, where there's no like video, you can't watch anything. And maybe this is all me being uh, the stuff that I like anyway. Um, they've instituted in a number of leagues, uh, robot umps, which in the, uh, the college league, I got to witness this, which was a weird experience, like one ump on the field. And essentially the, there's a system that just that yells out this, uh, balls and strikes and outs. And it's comical, um, and kind of amazing and amazing. And, and when I say amazing, it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know why we would go back to having serious umps outside of just wanting to see humans fail constantly. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, um, which actually I'll have that. I have a addendum to that in a moment, but more to the, the minors. The big question I got was that in one conversation is about uh, AAA. They don't, most teams, I think that the baseball America was noting that no teams as of right now, maybe it's changed over the course of the year, but no teams send scouts to AAA anymore, which is a huge, like I, I didn't think about it until, and, and this is my, the last thing on this, but uh, usually they send, they have area scouts, people all over the country. You know, they go to the nearby, they're, they're responsible for the Southeast or the Northeast or Northwest or Midwest or whatever, um, or their state or the, the, the County that they're, or the area of the league that they're representing and they you know they cover those teams and uh they eliminated all scouts all everyone did they just moved them on to uh, they moved them else, elsewhere because that's there's no there's no reason to scout those those players anymore which i found that really fascinating the some of the the one little wrinkle that i realized is about scouting is about uh starting rotation like pitchers you would never send a scout to scout like a pitcher anymore, um, which kind of makes sense because they pitch every five days. So like a human being doesn't have the time to drive over for a start and then drive away. Usually it's probably more productive to send someone for a hitter for like a, a homestand, you know, like three to six days stretch where they get to see a lot of at bats. Um, and that last thing, they were mentioning that there's the the video that teams have now in de, uh, now in place is so advanced, and they can essentially everyone does the scouting from home, okay. which is which is really quite astounding. Of the last like number of years, we've been. I remember there was a joke about like the Philadelphia Phillies; they didn't have an analytics department. <laughs> they had on Twitter, they had like a uh, a joke that there was the 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 analytics department was represented by a plant. Um, <laughs> which is, I mean, in my world, that's kind of like, that makes sense. Uh, some, some people, some groups like just don't give two hoots about like analyzing numbers and actually using data to make the decisions. Anyway, uh, back to the miners is it's, there's been a lot of changes and I would question to you, Alex is just one. Did you know, did, what do you think about the AAA? Like, do you think about the players get that get, traded from AAA um at all and think about like prospects and, and whatnot no i think AAA guys would be the guys that it, it, and you had said it in a different conversation that we had had but 
it's basically the taxi squad. So yeah. we we generally know who these people are, right? They are people who have come up and have not done well or come up when someone's injured or like the Adam Engels of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that like kind of Jared Kel- Kelenic. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, Oh, why don't you go back down there and argue with some triple amps before you come up here and argue with MLB amps <laughs> again? Um, yeah. So, so I think that we, I don't know if there's a ton of fantasy baseball value there. If you're looking for, impact players if you're looking for somebody you, you, you know it, it's not it's, it's not nice i guess it's convenient to the extent that if you have a guy on your that gets injured it's fairly easy to figure out whose replacement would be if they call somebody up mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. no there's there's i don't think there's a ton of fantasy baseball value there i okay i would argue with the opposite <clears throat> and uh, this is this is to the entire league i suppose but um because there's so I, because I think that there's gonna be less scrutiny over AAA, I wonder about like, and this is me purely speculating, and you can in about like six months from me, from now tell me how insanely stupid I am. But uh, Bradley Zimmer, I'm just gonna make you just pick on one player. Um, uh, someone on uh, it was was commenting about how uh, Bradley Zimmer's not a he's like a quad A player, right? Like a He's meaning he's uh, yes. uh, he's a, a guy who will toggle between AAA and the pros. Not quite good enough. Maybe a bench player, but, but because he has options, they put him back in AAA. Anyway, uh, the guy the guy was highly touted. Blah blah blah. Um, very fast, good hitter. Blah blah blah. And just has it hasn't clicked. And then if you look at some like some advanced stats like Statcast that points out like his exit velocity is like through the roof. But then his OPS and all of his batted balls are like terrible. I want I, I have I can mention Kalanick as being a potential version of this, <laughs> based on everything we've been talking on on our uh, texts. But there's a number of like players who they erupt and they're like the high they're they're really like a very talented and they go to AAA and then they something clicks and then <laughs> they just fly off and suddenly they're like rookie of the year. And in our league, you want to be the guy who identifies that. Well, okay, yes. So I think that I think you're absolutely right. And so I'm sorry, Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth. Just right. I, I, so, you, so we could spend an entire after, like hour uh, just naming players who have done this. So I think where so it, when I said I don't think they have a lot of fantasy value, the one thing that I wanted to the, the first thing that I said is that we know who these guys are. Right. So that's where I'm saying, like, it's not I'm thinking more in terms of like prospects. Yeah, it's just it's failed so, prospects. So like so Brandon Marsh, no, Brandon saying, Marsh, like, what I, I go to a triple A team to look for minor leaguers in our league. No, you could. Why wouldn't you? Uh, because I, I'd rather because these are going to be guys who aren't going to, who probably aren't going to start the season up. Mm-hmm. And who would otherwise become available? So to to your point, I think, yeah, we all know who Zimmer is, and if Zimmer goes on a hot streak, someone's going to pick him up, knowing about that pedigree, knowing that oh, maybe it clicked, maybe this is his JD Martinez moment, you know. 
but we all know who Zimmer is versus, you know, the, the guys in double A, things like that, where we don't, Kellenic might be in, and Marshall might be guys that end up being quad A, but they're still too young. Like they, we still don't know who they are in the pros. Whereas Zimmer has been up three years now true, and he's had spurts where he's looked okay. And then he reverts back to the can't, you know, too much swing and miss. So I'm fairly certain that next year, if Zimmer starts and you notice that he's walking more, or you notice that he's, you know, hitting for better Mm -hmm. average, striking out less stuff like that, someone would pick him up being like, Oh, okay. Like maybe he's, maybe it's clicked. Yeah. But as a prospect, I don't think that there's value there. I think, I think you just, to your point, you need to be able to identify, okay, this guy's clicked. But would you sit on him? I wouldn't. Well, like not, I, I wouldn't hold Bradley Zimmer in this offseason hoping that he, no. he's going to progress. I, I, I'm intentionally naming someone who's known. No one's going to keep for the record. Um, but uh, the, the uh, last, I think, on this little nugget is just there's a number of players who just it ha- either has worked or they're on the cusp of it. They got promoted real briefly. Um, Orlando Ocia. Who's 26 for the record? Like, there's a number of these guys are going to be not 20 years old or 21 years old. They're going to be 26 years playing, old. Is he playing outfield now? Oh, totally. Um, and then uh, another one is uh, remember Khalil Lee? He's now on the Mets, but I believe he was on the Royals, right? Um, Ryan McBoom, yes. uh, Mikey Matuk, Trace Thompson. He's on the Cubs now. Um, Kyle Isbell. Christian Cologne, who's for the record 32. Anyway, um, Vital Bruhan for the record is in AAA, who, who uh, I think he's on Lowe's team. He's going to be great. I think he's going to be exciting and great because he's so fast. But, but he's, he's, so he's, he's still, in AAA. But I don't he's, know why. Here's the difference. Like, Bruhan, okay, so Bruhan, yeah, he's, he's in AAA waiting for a spot. Also, Tampa Bay is weird, but he's still, I consider him like a legit prospect. Whereas mm-hmm. every, he's like, he's like 23. Everyone else you just named is 26 plus. Well, the other Rays uh, guy, Josh Lowe, I, for the record, I'm, I'm looking at the top OPS guys uh, in AAA um, in the East league. Anyway, uh, these are all just, I think they're like, kind of like failed prospects or cu- on the cusp. And I'm trying to, anyway, I'm getting at is uh, my central thesis here is that I think, our league doesn't usually give a lot of um, credence to AAA. Maybe you, maybe someone else does. I never look at AAA. I always think of it as failed prospects that I don't want a piece of because they don't have a high upside. But a number of our like breakout players this year are failed prospects. I mean, that's every year I keep I keep kicking myself about this, uh, and I kind of wish I. I never allocate any resources towards uh, uh, failed prospects. So that was one point. The second so point you're is dropping Kellenic. Uh, there's a good chance I'm not going to keep him in the offseason. No. Um, the second point about, or the the other point about the minors was just the the sheer weirdness that's gone on and all the rules. What what do you think about um, robot umps and or raising the 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 mound or 
uh, all, all these like weird rules, even in the pros too, like the man for man rule, like in uh, uh, extra innings where they put a man on second base. Do you think any of these so, things have material impact? I, I, I'm okay with the second base thing, except for the playoffs. I'd like to see them not do that in the playoffs, which I don't think they are. Uh, because once it comes down to the playoffs, it's, it's all or nothing, right? Like part, part of the idea is that you don't want 18 inning games back to back. Uh, I know that, um, in June, in May. Yes. Right. In September so they, or October. They this, no, they do the seven inning games. And, and it was interesting, actually speaking of failed prospects, the White Sox, Gordon Beckham's been doing a lot of games uh, on, on TV for them. And he was just talking about how it was frustrating for him where, you know, you might be, he, he probably is a quad A player, maybe, you know, not even that good. But the the thing is, he was talking about how with old, old school double headers that go nine innings, you have to make moves. You have to bring up pitchers. You have to bring folks up, which means you're going to like the, the, the last bench player position player is going to get called down. Um, so the idea that you have seven inning games for double headers, it's less likely that you'd need to call up another pitcher. Mm-hmm. And teams still do it, but that's largely, I think based on like real injuries, not just to get another arm up because they're going to be playing 18 innings in a get in a day. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay with like the, those rules with respect to the minor league rules. I don't know with robot umps. I think baseball, a lot of people have been saying it, and I think it's true. Baseball, the way they do challenges sucks. The best challenges are the NBA, where the they do the, the they do the challenge and the rest go up to the press box and they basically they're not the press box, but the, the announcers and they actually explain what happened and what the ruling was, like what was challenged, what the ruling is. Baseball is kind of like you never hear from the umpires, right? You just, you figure, oh, they're challenging the call at first, but you don't know, like there are plays where they challenge stuff. It's like, what the hell are they challenging? And then, you know, they come out and say safer out. And you're like, well, anyway. So I think that that can evolve in, because right now it's just frustrating. It's annoying. It's a huge waste of time. Like it should be much faster if they don't have to communicate anything. Um, so, but with the minor league rules, like I don't really care until it hits the majors. I don't really care. Well, on the, on the umps, uh, I think I, I was, what I was referring to earlier is that there's a, a Twitter thread or a, a Twitter handle, however you want to call it. Of, yeah, it's um, awesome. Is it, is it, it awesome? Was- I mean, I, I, I follow it and uh, I, I don't, I'll have to think about what the the threat the the handle is, but um, it essentially does a recap uh, of the umpire's performance, right. lack of a better way of putting it, for the right. games. And I think it happens the next morning. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and, and they show they show like general accuracy, um, consistency, accuracy, and then they show like the wild cards, like of like this is like these are the pitches that were clearly missed and the, the reason i like it is i actually look at it and i'm like they're not as bad as <laughs> they're not as bad or inconsistent as i feel they are while i'm watching the game 
Well, the the point is that they're not um, they're not like Eric Gregg, like who completely and utterly f's up uh, an entire game because of his his strike calls. Like, it's not that bad. The things that we magnify and focus on, in my opinion, are the the one call, the one right. you had that one split second chance to make it the right decision, and you made the wrong decision. So we're going to demonize you forever, and. I'm on the fence, man. I'm, I, I I like the robot umps. It just gives you a certainty, but there I, I do on the flip side as an, a former umpire, just in the kid uh, kid level. It's kind of cool. Like the whole there's an aesthetic that I just I it appeals to me of just you know doing the strike call, like pointing the finger and and so the whole you, nine yards. What do you think about? So pitchers will talk about. Uh, and, and hitters will talk about, and people who are kind of anti-robo-umps will talk about the fact that it's going to have, it, it may induce pitchers who are now doing all sorts of crazy crap anyway to, through, like, to, to, to uh, manipulate the system, right? So if, you, if all you have to do is there's this imaginary box and all you have to do is hit like one corner. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be guys that are going to be throwing sliders that are in effect unhittable, um, but may touch the corner of like the lower, you know, inside or outside corner, whichever one mm-hmm. of the box, mm-hmm. and just going to be able to repeat that. And it's going to be like sliders that no one's going to be able to hit. I think that's a good point. I I don't know what the ramifications are that. I think I think that would be really hard to do, but I think that you know it, it's more like the, the thing that's more frustrating to me is like it's kind of like the idea of really Barry Zito's curveball and like other pitchers who throw curveballs. It's especially like high curveballs and low curveballs. There are curveballs that are in the box, but that by the time you know the catcher catches it are. Are not in the box when they're, a, if they're, it, if yeah, they're the, low curve balls. The, the twelve six, balls, yeah, it's a twelve six that that moves like four feet or something, right? <laughs> right. And like, and, and Zito's was like that, where it, like it looked like you know, like it definitely was high enough to be a strike. The question is, over the you know the the however big the plate is, however long it is, right? Like it drops a foot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. And, and, and the same thing with the high with the high curveball like that, where you know there aren't too many folks that do that. I think Lucas Giolito might be one of the few, um, but it, the, I feel like those are always miscalled. Yeah, by, and, uh, like by, by the by the current way, and that's where I'm wondering, you know, if if we were to go to Robo, would that would that be better for pitches like that or worse? And, and second point, do we want that? Do we want yeah. to encourage that either way? I, I I would go back and forth on this in that uh, for one thing, you might have some umps who would give who would give favorability towards that uh, type of behavior. Like suddenly they have 14 strikeouts in seven innings and they're like they, they're perceived as dominant. Next game they have six walks because right. they're not they're perceived as not dominant, you know. And so does the robot umps standardize that and say you know what? It's it, the hitters at least have a fixed ju- uh, zone to judge up, upon. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I, I go back and forth. Anyway, my po bigger point is just like all this, all this chaos that's going on with um, these changes uh, has been, it's interesting no matter what, but it's uh, really, it could be damning to, to the way of things are right now. Like, and the big question is, is it improving things back to your kind of point? Like, do we really need this? Yeah. And it's, I, I kind of, I'm with you where I, I like having umpires in the field. I think that's part of the game. Even if they f up, like magnificently. Yeah, I, I think that they're. But baseball is so weird. It's kind of, it's the same thing with you know like football, where if like they don't mess if they mess up one player, sports generally, if you mess up one play, the umpire is going to get blamed for it. But usually, you can look at a lot of other things that have happened during the course of that game that deserve more blame. For example, like, let's say a team is like two for 15 with runners in scoring position, and then it's a tie game in the ninth, umpire blows a call, or they're, whatever, I don't know, True. down by yeah. one or something, umpire blows a call, and everyone's like, oh, like, you know, that's that ruined the game. It's kind of like, well, you were two for 15 with runners in scoring position. You had, you know, plenty of opportunities to mm -hmm. make it happen, and you didn't. Isn't that, frankly, a larger factor? in the outcome of the game than right. one single call, mm -hmm. you know, like, I, so, and, and as much as I say that now, I mean, we all know you're talking to me, so I, I'll be the first to blow up if, if, you know, the White Sox gets hosed out of some call, but you know, that's, I think that's part of, part of the game and part of being a fan and part of being a player. So it's, you know, I, I, I'd almost let the players decide. I'd be interested to see what the players would do. If they were told, like, player referendum, you know, players association, part of the new CBA, you guys get to decide on these rules. Because yeah, that's, no. that's, you're, you're going to have hitters and pitchers represented by the same group. So that would really, I think, tell you where the players stand. And, and, and you know. I, th I think that they did a survey about this, and it was it was stark in that um, fans are like 80-20 or something like that like four robot umps like way more than I thought. And then uh, players are like 80, 20 or even maybe 90, 10 for uh no for regular umps. Yeah. And I think and part of that is also the fact like, you know, they, there, there's so much analysis that goes into this, you know, which umpires do what, like, you know, so-and-so doesn't call low strikes, you know, and, and then, and then the other part of it is too, to the extent that it might change a little bit, it's something that you pick up on, right? And it's part of, like, if you watch yeah. a baseball game and you see that the guy's not giving outside corner, but is giving the inside corner. You adjust. Then, then it, exactly, like adjust. And usually the team that adjusts first is the one that's going to, you know, the, the pitcher that adjusts first is the one that's going to do better. You know? Of course, if you're Jared Kalanick, you don't adjust and you just complain to the ump. Um, yes. So, <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, he's over three that's now. That's your boy. <laughs> hey man i i don't have any other options it is what it is uh looks like gonsolin got pulled in the in the sick he got pulled after the end of the fifth and is in line for the win but it's now seven to four dodgers uh diamondbacks in case people thanks. are interested thanks braggers all right so moving on i know that you had uh a topic for us to discuss here final non-baseball related topic um, we may just hold on. 
Let's go to let's 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 serve our uh, sponsor first. Okay. And we are back. Welcome back. <sighs> that felt good. All right. So, so final non-baseball topic. I do have a final baseball topic. Very short. After that. Oh, you are you sure? Because this is just going to lead into chaos. Let's do it. Uh, let's do chaos. Okay. Uh, so the my my topic is about um. So it's about sandwiches and I, I just uh, we'll back up a little bit um, for one thing. I grew up as a kid uh, with a dad who had a really unhealthy diet, but I'll leave it at that and set that aside. The bigger thing is that he always had sandwiches on the weekends and he honestly he ate a ton of sandwiches during the week too uh, as dinner. And I grew up with deli meat and, and all the, the whole, the whole gamut. <clears throat> and it, it was it's it's nostalgic to me. Um, the whole gamut of being like ham, roast beef, and chicken, and tur- blah, blah 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 blah. And uh, even like if you take the sandwiches a, a step further, like grilled cheese or any like hybrid things that you nowadays face with like grilled sandwiches and uh, deli sandwiches, like New York deli stuff. Um, to me, it's something like the bread and the meat, cheese and the condiments. Is there? There's something there, there that is something like American. I feel like it's American. It's not, for the record. But bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. It's it literally an English word. But point being, there's something uh, nostalgic about it to me personally, and. Uh, uh, with sandwiches, something I've realized, and for the record, this is this is just this is an observation out of failure. I have tried to push sandwiches on my kids; they don't eat them. Like from peanut butter and jelly to grilled cheese to breakfast sandwiches to grilled sandwiches, like Lardo is a, an institution here in Portland. Uh, nothing works; just nothing. I, and my wife for, from San Diego does tacos, doesn't do, ta- doesn't do sandwiches. And it's, and it's, it's infuriating. That's the word. <laughs> it's infuriating. And I feel I wanted to vent and share this frustration. So are you basically asking for strategies on how we can entice your kids to adopt sandwich eating? More than that. Um, that's part A. <laughs> okay. Strategy, strategies on how to get kids to eat sandwiches. Because um, on a separate, completely in parallel thread, uh, my kids don't like potatoes. What the hell? Like, seriously. They like French fries. Yeah, like, okay. They're, so they're, unwi- they're unwilling to do this. Like, you know, in, in uh, Portland, some places call... Uh, pseudo french fries like uh which is like the, the potato wedge that you, they fry which is like a huge french fry they call that um shit, i can't remember the name there's another name for that um and it's like it's maybe it's known here maybe it's known elsewhere the but it <laughs> jojo it's called a jojo oh. here and they are they love the jojos and then i'm like you know that's potatoes and I'm like no it's not I'm like it's literally potatoes 
I do this at home. I can cook this and make this the same way. It's potatoes. Why don't you eat more potatoes? And they're like, because potatoes are disgusting. I'm like, God damn it. So what, like, what am I doing wrong? But anyway, back to sandwiches. What am I? <laughs> A, well, how off, do I coerce I, my I kids? B, what the hell is going on with sandwiches? Fried potatoes are the best kind of potatoes. And, mm-hmm. and I may, I may lose my ethnic card when I say that because, you know, my people are big fans of boiled potatoes with everything. And it's just like no flavor, but whatever. No, no, um, no, no, I, I don't boil potatoes. I, um, I don't yeah. even like mashed potatoes anymore. What? Yeah. What? Okay. I, I don't I mean, even like not, mashed it's, potatoes. It's anymore. like, uh, it's a, it's a second. It, it pales in comparison to fried potatoes. I agree with you, but, but it's not sandwiches, bad. It's, it's interesting because I think that they're, there are a lot of sandwich places, right? So if you think of right. like Potbelly, Jimmy John's, Subway, totally. and then like the gourmet ones like Lardo in Portland and some places here. Quiznos. Subway, um, yeah, exactly. Anyway. So, so it's not like it's not popular in the country. It sounds like it's just you're having difficulties with the household. Uh, I, for one, I love sandwiches. I do, I, in particular, most of the sandwiches that I make are breakfast sandwiches. I'm a big fan of breakfast sandwiches. That's like my favorite. Uh, I'm not. Which is, I'm not only because it's a pan in the ass. Well, it's super easy for me because I get eggs, every fresh eggs every day. And uh, it's, it's not that bad. But I, I actually, so speaking of sandwiches, this uh, last week, uh, or rather last weekend, I tried to recreate the Loretta from circus and i actually bought some like low sodium spam so i don't think it actually i don't think he actually used spam no he didn't use ham was it just like just like ham butt like not ham butt but like just like carved ham basically in that he cut in the squares yeah and then a cheese, like um, some sort of that soft melting cheese, and then cheese the, like bread, American the bread cheese. was oh, the bread was key. The bread was the, the bread was key. Yeah, the bread is key. Also, whatever spice. So I just put garlic. So mayo, I, and I always did my Loretta's without veggies because why would you add veggies to something that's so amazing? Um, <laughs> and so it's a waste. Um, so I just basically did garlic, but that didn't do it. So there's something else. And I don't, I looked online and it was like, he just used Lowry's and I was like, it's not that simple. It wasn't just Lowry's. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a question to listeners. If you ever, uh, if you know what the, the Sarkis spices were, um, how big are the buns are you dealing with? So I'm actually, I didn't use buns. I use oh. this different type of bread. So, mm. um, because it's, it's the same bun that like, that's like the go-to bun that it's there at the White Sox stadium. They make, uh, Italian sausages with, yes. you can get like marinara and then like grilled onions and stuff or like grilled pe- uh, peppers. It's the same bun that they use for that. And it's like not the bun that like breaks easily. It's just like a, it's a perfect bun. You can get a nice toast. Like it, it has, it's, it's hard on the outside, but not hard. Sorry. It's a, uh, like crisper on the outside, but still kind of soft and then soft on the inside. It's like a perfect, it's the perfect sandwich bun. Right. And then they, he tosses the lorries on it, then throws it on the, the griddle to get 
toasted while he cooks this the ham and puts the cheese on after he's flipped it. I, I like I have the process memorized. Yes, but then and, he sprinkles that with the, the the silver can, the silver salt can that had the unknown, special sauce. Unknown. That's, yeah. that's I'm trying to figure out the unknown. Yeah, that's the, probably a, a half a million dollar problem. Um, sort out. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm a big fan of sandwiches. Um, I, I, I'm sad to learn that you're. I don't want to. Like, do my nephews eat? A ton of, yeah, they eat sandwiches. I don't think they do. Maybe, I don't think they do. My, my nephews do. Okay. For sure. Right. For sure. For sure. Because I know Tadas uh, um, would. So I don't know if they eat the ones that Tadas would make, or if they only ate the ones that were like good sandwiches, like the what's the uh, the Cuban sandwich called? A Cuban a Cubano. Cubano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they'll eat that for sure. So I think maybe it's just that you're not getting the right. Maybe you just haven't found like the right thing. Have they had like an Italian sub, like a proper one with vinegar no. and stuff on it? Or well, well, why would I order three of those and then find out that I'm the only one who's going to be eating any of them? So maybe you just order one and then like tell your kids like cut it up and be like, well, why don't you try this and then make them try it. Um. I think that, you know, that that might be my objective this weekend. I think I'm going to take them on a whirlwind tour of sandwiches this weekend. Also, another thing I would suggest is, like, don't overload it. you got to be more subtle about it, I think. Mm, go on. Go on. I think you, I, I don't think you make it a big deal. I think you kind of do, like, you know, you do it, and you're like, you don't even offer it to them. You're like, what do you guys want to eat? And then let them pick what they want to eat. And then you go get a sandwich for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then he could be like, and then he could do like the whole like, do you want to try some? And I'm like, no. And like, kind of keep doing that and keep going to the spot, like pick one spot, and then eventually they'll be like, oh, I want to get something there. So an interesting tech that I've taken um, that has failed for the record. Um, This is a colossal failure. Just to warn other other uh, fathers out there is the concept of starving your kids. So. <laughs> oh my so, god! No, when you take someone, take the kids somewhere where like Child they, Protective Services Oregon is going to be calling, <laughs> calling on your house this weekend. So I'll take the kids and uh, and say like, well, they're they're not going to get an experience otherwise. So um, I take them to a restaurant or whatever and expose them to food that they would never order order on their own, and go like, um. I'm going to order X, Y, and Z. And then my kids, they're going to order that. You guys are going to have some bread. Um, yeah. You're just going to have bread and cheese. Um, and it, I'll pay for that. <laughs> and, and they get like a, like a boring piece of like bread and cheese. And uh, they look at their food and go like, what the hell? And then I have like a, a interesting thing. And this is how we got the oysters uh, eaten by the kids or by Maddie prim- primarily. Jules had something like, a fish sandwich and she hated um anyway they're small kids too i mean that's i was gonna say like they're like dude they're i didn't eat mushrooms for a really long or onions for a really long time same 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 um and when i I say that i mean like high school like i don't think i was eating mushrooms in or 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 onions in high school like loretta's without onions you said exactly loretta's without onions and tomato like and, and pepper like I didn't eat like, so my point is just that I think they're young, but 
I think you just need to do what you need to do for yourself. And then if they get that interest, then they get it. And then, I mean, eventually sandwiches aren't going away. So eventually at some age, they're going to eat a sandwich somewhere and be like, holy, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, mm-hmm. dad, have you ever tried this? And like, yeah. Like you could have had this whenever you wanted to as a kid. And you just pouted about it. <laughs> like, That's not true. You'd be like, yes, it's on the podcast. I have a record of it. You would not eat it, Lardo. So true, Dad. I love Lardo always. Anyway, so sandwiches. All right, sandwiches are great. What is the greatest sandwich you've ever had? Greatest? Uh, you know, we have to put them in categories. Nope. Because I so cold sandwich or hot sandwich. Hot, always hot. Cold sandwiches are a sub, in, in inferior sandwich. Just full stop. I don't think so. I think I could do. I really like Ital- like class like Italian style sandwiches with like vinegar, with like the oregano, different types of charcuterie and cheese and like you know pepperoni something like that. It's delicious. It's a mess though. I mean, it's just, it's it's an inferior, it's an inferior sandwich. I'll I'll just, I guess my point is, I don't think it is because sometimes I'm not in the mood for a hot sandwich and I don't think that's anything. You tell us, you tell us what you think about cold, uh, cold sandwiches. I generally, Chicago beef league at gmail.com. We want to hear this. Yes. And uh, let me just preface it. Like peanut and jelly, just, it's a different world. Uh, I'm talking like meat sandwiches, um, cold meat sandwiches. I think cold cut sandwiches are generally speaking not as good as hot sandwiches. And I'm just saying that I think they're a different class. I think that they're different. Like you can't, you can't compare one to the other. You might yes, be in the mood for something. It's the, pro, which, it's the pros versus AAA. I mean, I get it. It's they're different. They're different. No, I'm saying it's like the NBA versus the NHL. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. To each their In own. any case, right. I, I really like um, my favorite sandwich. I and, and then there's a question like breakfast sandwiches or regular sandwiches or sandwiches you can have for dinner. Uh, I, I'm going to go with, honestly, I, I really love Sarkis, man. That was, you could eat it at any time of day. You could have it okay, for okay. breakfast, like, final, lunch, afternoon. Final so story. Final story. Uh, I, for the record, I, I don't know the answer to that question either. Uh, I would probably pencil in one of my Lardo sandwiches. But uh, one story, just to close out about Sarkis, is that I remember taking you, and it, I, I brought Kate to Sarkis with you, I th- think. This is, I don't remember when this was, for the record. Was he still alive? Yeah, yeah, this is like during our college years, I think. Um, I think I swear it was during your college years or like in 06. No, it had been during anyway, point being she was there and I think a friend, she was with a friend too. Um, and she witnessed you ordering Sarkis. And this is the original location. It was astonishing. It was one of those eye opening, holy mother of all that's holy. Did you just buy $40 worth of sandwiches? I don't buy. I never bought, spent that much money there. You never charged me that much. Uh, 
uh, I think it was like nine Loretta's or something. No, that, that wasn't me then. I've never had that many Loretta's. I or disasters. Yeah, it was like nine so Loretta's starters, and a disaster or something. For starters, I don't eat disasters, so it wasn't me. <laughs> Secondly, and I got like a couple Loretta's and a couple disasters, and it was a day. And it was delightful, and I was. But the, the Kate remembers like just it was an astonishing amount of, and the thing was he kept coming, like it wasn't that you ordered nine or something. You you ordered like four, and then you added two more, and then two more. And then more. It was it was an astonishing thing. Anyway, I, I, I don't think it was me, but I don't think <laughs> I, I. Honestly, like I remember generally my eating feats. Like I know that I've had nine lobsters before uh, <laughs> in one sitting, and it was an all-you-can-eat lobster thing in Ann Arbor that they do over Father's Day weekend at the Irish Bar, <laughs> and so I had nine, and by like the sixth one uh, sixth or seventh one it just started tasting like chalk like rubbery chalk <laughs> um, did you have butter did you do anything with it well so that was the th- that's where i messed up because i wanted to do more because it was like it was like 50 bucks all you can eat which when you're college students a lot and um i wanted to do more but of course they freaking bring you like potatoes and bread and crap before you know and starve I- you and then right and, and then the you have end. to wait like for an hour for them to boil a lobster and it's like really it takes minutes <laughs> and so i ate bread and potatoes first and then the lobsters whereas i think <laughs> if it was just like a straight lobster eating contest i could do probably 12 <laughs> jesus christ lot of, wait claws and all there's not that there's claws and then there's the tail that's not yeah. that much meat it's not like no you know, but I mean, it's it's anyway, it's a it's a feat. Uh, anyway, the Loretta's so, was a feat. Uh, I was, I, 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 was think, very I don't, but that's a good point. I don't remember. I I would really say that I don't think I've ever had eight Loretta's. And if you're listening to this and you've been to Sarkis with me, and I have, and I'm just misremembering, that please email Chicago Beef League at gmail.com mm-hmm. and remind me. But I feel like I was more of like a maybe three or four guy uh, okay okay i i mean I, I i remember going through the whole motion and i remember you saying that you you don't do disasters for some strange I don't reason do disasters. I don't I, do dis- why would you waste your time on a disaster when you have the greatest sandwich right in front of you the loretta uh, and it's the I, ham loretta i wouldn't even I, I didn't even dabble in bacon lorettas Oh no, the big the bacon Loretta didn't make any sense. What do you think the mayo was? <laughs> mayonnaise? No, 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 no. Like, did you think he made his own mayonnaise, or do you think it was store bought, best food, oh, he whatever? Bought a, he bought a like a giant plastic, generic brand, fake <laughs> Hellman's knockoff. <laughs> right, Hellman's. Okay, not Miracle Whip, but like he did, he had something weird with his mayo um that was addictive or delicious you know, i'm over. telling you it's the spices that he added to it and i think frankly that you know based on some of the rumors of the actual operation there behind the scenes he may have been you know just loading that up with something incredibly addicting for all we know like precursor version of crystal meth um msg that, sure 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 that, yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff 
I mean, it was really good. Anyway, I mentioned it only that in uh, that I loved it. All right, your 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 let's, let's transition to your your final baseball yeah, so, topic. So everyone, you're still listening. Uh, thank you. Uh, I would like to announce. Uh, and, and this is not anything that has been formalized or finalized, but this year, uh, the Chicago Beef League podcast will be organizing the first ever. Chicago Beef League winter meetings mm. that will take place in January. Details will to be determined. Um, we may have different host cities where we're, we're going to be doing it, uh, but obviously a good portion of it and uh, a good portion of it will be done remotely. So anyone that wants to join from wherever they are can would be able to join, uh, whether it's over Zoom or whatever. Um, we're going to have some agendas topics so for winter meetings if you have topics that you want to discuss um potential rule changes roster change anything like that please email chicago beef league at gmail.com we'll go through it um and like i said we'll, we'll we'll come up with a date and we will finalize that but i think it will be a nice uh off-season get together and um nice little warm-up for us before catcher, pitchers and catchers report in February. So okay. I'm pretty excited about it. Questions. We talk about it, um, but questions. we're going to make it happen this year. Questions. I'm not taking questions at this time. Um, <laughs> all, all questions can be directed to Chicago Beef League at gmail.com. Mm. Um, uh, go, clarification. Go ahead, clarification. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what is the expectation of a actually two part uh what is the expectation of a winter meetings um in the beef league are we expecting trades to happen somehow in a uh miraculous fashion um in a quick fashion you know or or are we are you anticipating this as being a discussion of uh rules for the upcoming year yeah i think it can be all of the above. Okay. Okay. And are you envisioning that we have all the participants on a, on a call at the same point? So, yeah, what, what I'm kind of envisioning is everyone is on a call at the same point. We're going to have general motions, um, whether those be for rule changes or whatever else. Um, we can have uh, other motions with respect to perhaps planning for a draft how we want to do that, timing, stuff like that. Delegate roles if people are willing to volunteer for whatever um, to help make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, sure, I'm going to throw it out there, but while everyone's on the Zoom, I'm going to be texting certain people with trade offers. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I'd hope that other people would do that too. I think if we kind of make it like a, um, you know, a real-time trade environment yeah, like, like a real-time like you know like and set it up and, and i'm open to any ideas too because i mean if we i know that you guys everyone who's listening has so many more important things to do over the course of a weekend than devote a weekend to beef league but i think it'd be fun if you know maybe we just did like kind of you know had offered up some times like throughout over the course of the weekend um where we can have like sessions with people whoever wants to join can join and then have like a one final like so and then like during that you can do whatever you want 
um, and discuss whatever you want, throw out ideas, throw out trades, talk about the seasons, talk about the podcast and how much you hate it. Um, and then kind of have like a one final Sunday night. Everyone has to be there. We're, we're going to vote on. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think well, it can be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to make it too onerous for, for those of you with kids and, and other um, who might work weekends or who might have other stuff in January, but it's kind of like, you know, not much is happening, certainly not much in Chicago or in Seattle. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think we can make it fun and, and I'm certainly open to any idea. So if anything that I said just now sounds cool, let us know if anything sounds stupid or terrible, let us know. And if you have any other ideas, please let us know. Um, and, and we'll kind of continue to talk about this as we do the pod here, um, as the season winds down and into the fall. So that's all I had. Well, thank you. That was, uh, a good waste of three minutes of my time. Um, so thank you. Wow. Hey, Chip, <laughs> what are we doing the draft? Ah, yes. So I think we should, uh, decide on everyone's <laughs> was- behalf. That was a waste of time, but yes, <laughs> here it comes. That's <laughs> the, the Dan Screep, and you just cannot let that go. You need to be able to plan it. <laughs> you just schedule this out now. Um, because I am Dan Streif Jr. or the third. Um, I believe we we're looking at March here. So we got a Zavo uh, mom birthday. <laughs> when have we not done the draft in March? Uh, we've always done it in March. Right. So we're looking at March here, isn't it? <laughs> presumptive. Are you saying it's presumptive? Um, anyway, it's no, always I'm done saying, in March. I don't think you needed to say that. Okay. <laughs> so. It's always done in March. Uh, we, 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 I'll get flag if we do it the first weekend of March. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'm going to get flack if we probably do it uh, the days leading up to April 1st, which is a Friday uh, of next year. We probably are going to be doing it either the um, the 19th or the 26th, which are Saturdays. And uh, I'm I'm guessing that one of those is someone's birthday. Um, Travel's mom's birthday. And the other, one, and <laughs> the the other, other one's, one's going to be March Madness. Yeah. The good news, potentially, well, I guess it's not good news because, you know, people do live there, but... Um, Lake Tahoe is burning, so I don't know if Sonny's going to have a place to go in in March of next year. So. Uh, he might be just go to Vegas. Um, I'll throw it out. We we could do the draft in Vegas again, um, or we could just do remote and do it on the twelfth of March, which I think would benefit a lot of people. But I think Chen uh, has a lot of uh, usual uh, work commitments on the weekends but so just, anyway starting um, just want to plant the seed yeah you wanted to plant seed you're giving me crap about <laughs> proposing winter meetings during which time we can discuss the draft and then you go on for three minutes about the draft That's which the, happens after the proposed winter meetings okay so you, anyway, you, folks, yeah i'm so glad you're you're finally catching on i'm really i know i know i know i, I uh, it, is this the point where I mentioned that we should really be booking our fishing trip that uh, for next summer? Actually, we really should. Uh, <laughs> we need to talk about that. Also, for those of you interested in joining us on this fishing trip, email chicagobeefleague at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, we're going to assume that you're not interested. So with that, 
I'm going to say my goodbye and thank you for listening once again. And we look forward to next week where hopefully Chip is the one that's crying and pouting and somehow miraculously the bones were right again. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything witty to say, so um, I'm just going to trounce you this week and uh, make you scream mercy on Sunday. Okay. Mercy like Marvin Gaye mercy or like mercy like um, William Wallace mercy. Ooh, good one. Um, more William Wallace. He doesn't say mercy. He says freedom. Everyone else is saying freedom, mercy freedom. for him. Same you thing. don't even remember Same it. Thing. Same thing. Yeah, I trapped you there. There you go. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you next week. Hello? What are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?